If you are looking for a podcast, I can tell you I don't have one. But what I do have are a very particular set of podcasts I like. Podcasts I have listened to over a very long career. My favorite podcast has to be the questionable to return sports podcast found wherever you listen to podcasts or on their website, questionabletoreturn.com. Welcome to the Questionable to Return podcast, where three lifelong friends discuss Wisconsin sports and more. Now, here's your hosts, Andy, Mike, and Pete. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Questionable to Return podcast. As always, I'm Andy with my, my good buddies, Mike. Hi, everybody. And Pete. Hey, howdy, hi. Nailed it again. So how's everybody doing? I had a very eventful weekend, but I'll defer. Yeah, that's what we hear. Pete's wearing a very sporty new hat. Definitely. Which is fantastic. Chasing his, oh no. No. Go Switched Rocky Mountain Flames. It's a marshmallow man. It's a who marshmallow is, man. Who has... Is a, on fire. He's on fire. But he's looking cool. And he's wearing like a, what almost looks a little bit like a coat then, but it's really graham crackers because he's yes. a s'more. He's a s'more. That's fantastic. So, There's no chocolate I see team. though. Yeah, is there no visible chocolate? I don't know. I I can't see it right now. I'm sorry. It's still and pretty great though. Where's a Where's a little kid chasing after him, ready to bite a, bite his head off? Yeah. He's giving a peace sign too, but <laughs> uh, he's on fire. He's about to be turned into a s'more and eaten. So just got a sunglasses on. Looking all cool, Joe Cool over here. But yeah, minor league teams are the best. Definitely love this hat. It's a very nice hat. Go Rocky Mountain Flames. <laughs> Good luck to you in all your endeavors. So I got a little uh, task for you guys, but um, Andy, do you have a little story you want to tell us or you want to wait until a little later? So I can tell you my son's sports injury story. Yeah, we had been talking about sports injuries, so good timing. <laughs> right. So I'm sure we'll talk about this a little bit more later, but I'll tell, I'll tell my son's interesting story. So it was my wife's birthday on Friday, and we were going to celebrate at my parents' house. They were having us over for dinner. Very lovely, very quaint affair. But before that, they were letting the kids play, and they were playing a little one-on-one with a Nerf basketball hoop, which I have to say has to be one of the best investments slash gifts that they've gotten. My son got it when he was three, I want to say, and he's still playing with it, and like his sister plays with him too. Well, apparently they were fighting for a ball or whatever else and kind of changed over away from sports. Well, his sister went to go get up, and leg whipped him to, of sorts, but somehow tripped him. Like Grayson Allen? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She's the Grayson Allen of the family right now. But he bounced off a chair that was next to a raised mantle fireplace, bounced off the chair, and then caught his forehead on said mantle, not only giving him a little bit of a, a little bruise between the, between the temple there, or between the nose hair, also splitting a gash about two centimeters, about an inch maybe wide, straight down to the skull, like wide open gash. Yeah, you uh, you sent us a picture of you guys going to the emergency room and his head, it was, it was quite the little raspberry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was bad. So what only could be described as a blood curdling scream, I think all parents and especially moms understand that one. Um, I was not home yet, so my wife had to deal with a lot of it, but she was a, she's a nurse, so she was able to 
calmly address it, put pressure on it right away, got it to actual bleeding to stop, which I thought was miraculous. I met them at the the old ER, and he was actually in pretty good spirits. Like, was I felt more disappointed that he let his mom down for her birthday, which is kind of ironic. Like, that's the thing mm-hmm. he was worried about. But was very strong-willed. Like, the doctor said he was strong like bull, which I thought was a funny reference. He took the numbing shots like a champ, took the stitches. He was actually, I mean, you guys heard the clip of him. He was actually wearing it like a badge of honor. He was actually excited. He said yeah. he'd do about anything to get a scar. Chicks dig scars, as he said. Yeah, he's going to be showing that off to all the girls. Jason Momoa has a scar right right on his eyebrow. My wife and I were talking about him tonight. Yeah. Cal Drago slash Aquaman. Yeah. <laughs> so he got his new new permanent tattoo. He gained his badge of honor. He crossed over to manhood, at least with that. He needs uh, his Uncle Pete to teach him that um, hard objects, as in like stone and wood, stuff like that, don't hit it because they're going to win, not yeah, you. I guess what was was crazy is the fact that we were so worried about those. Um, our old house had a had a fireplace like that, and we kind of had that protected a little bit. We didn't do much around my parents' house, and we're a little worried about it. But it made it to nine. My son is nine. Yeah, that's pretty and good. Ne- and never had one issue. Not when they were learning how to walk, stumbling around, crawling, or whatever else, falling, bouncing off things. Nope, nope, nope. When he was nine. Yeah, you'd think you made it past the. Uh the most dangerous years you're you're that. almost in the clear now but it was funny when we got back to their house and he played a little bit of basketball before he decided to calm down a little bit but the ball would like go over there and he would just he would run you running towards the ball and then immediately about halfway there just stop wait for the ball to go to arrest walk towards it get it pick <laughs> it up yeah lesson learned so the fireplace is batting 888 if anybody wants to know <laughs> so eight eight for nine years wow. yeah oh. anyway yeah, so it was, the, it was the first head-to-head matchup, and <laughs> definitely the mantle well, one. He, he took it well. He took it like a champ, because uh, yeah, it was quite the gash. And I know you had mentioned it was it was bleeding pretty good when it yeah. started, so that's got to be scary. That's what he said. It worried about it because he, he said it didn't hurt nearly as bad, which I I don't know how that is. I guess there's not as many nerve endings in there, so I guess if you if you hit it pretty good, but he wasn't actually scared so much about hitting his head. It was the fact that when he got his head up, it was just blood down his face yeah that just like pouring down those, his face those cuts to your head tend to yeah bleed like crazy like oh yeah straight out of a horror movie yeah oh yeah so i think that was what worried him the most the fact that his hands were just pooled with just pouring out blood on his hands speaking of blood <laughs> um <laughs> nice transition no so i was uh i was watching that basketball a love story special 20 hour it's good call it? it's so good I'm on like the second, I don't know what you call it, second season or. Well, they have or episodes, right? Yeah. So that's what they call them. Yeah, something like yeah, second. So which episode. one are you on? So, uh, I can't remember. It's just like a blur. I've just been watching them back back and forth, but I'm to like the Walt Chamberlain kind of talk and how amazing he was. But it just kind of got me thinking, if you guys had a time machine, what era would you go back if you can get season tickets to watch like a single team or player? What era would you go back to, and why? Is I guess pr- is it purely NBA? Uh, it could be anything. A, so NBA, anything. I would, I would say any, any sport, any time period. Any. I know we we lived through some, you know, good '90s, uh, football, basketball, what whatnot. But um, if you had the chance to have season tickets to, to watch any athlete or team, 
I mean, we can wait till next a, week if you want, or if you got something now. Take, I can take a stab right now if you yeah, want. Yeah, go for it. I had something popping in my head, but yeah, go ahead. I'm going to think this over. So I think it would be a, it'd be a toss-up between Lombardi years, just because of all the stories we hear. I mean, Frank shared his, and like my that's, dad that's shared it. That's the first thing that came theirs. to my mind, too, yeah. So I kind of want to see what that was actually like. I mean, that time period before that with Olnicek and some of, some of the turmoil that that franchise was going through being so good right at the beginning that let down and then having Lombardi come in and transform the franchise I think that would be a good one otherwise I'd love to see the books Kareem years with Oscar and and whatnot those would be my two time machine go back and see those would be good ones also one that might be interesting is uh going back to the 50s and seeing Hank Aaron in his prime in Milwaukee that'd be pretty interesting yeah the Braves that'd be yeah yeah, that would be a lot of fun. Mine, mine would definitely be watching Will Chamberlain score 100 points in a game. Oh yeah, that's a good one. But I mean, the guy, I would, I would like to see his um, college years because he actually averaged 48 minutes, and there's only 48 minutes in a game. So he played every single minute, every single game, and he averaged 50 points or whatnot. Like, yeah, I mean, the guy was crazy. simply unguardable back then. He was a well, he transformed basketball. Yeah, I mean, but he was they'd never like seen the likes of him above before. his time or whatever. You know what I mean? So well, yeah, isn't that when they banned dunking? No, that was Jabbar. Oh, that was Jabbar. Right, because it was too easy, <laughs> too easy for him. But yeah, no, just watching those old old school basketball moves and how they used to just dominate and be so physical. And Russell versus Wilt was such a big thing back then. It just would have been a lot of fun. It definitely is a different era where the best players were the big men. It was like you, you had those big men that were just unstoppable. Like, yeah, Russell versus Wilt was well, two part, of the greats of all time. Well, yeah. part of it was craziness because they didn't have, like, the three-point shot wasn't a thing. Yeah. So, I mean, you were driving to the lane and you were getting the close bucket because that was just, right. percentage-wise, was the better bet. Right. Yeah, the, the closer you are to the basket, the better a shot it is with all the three-point lines. So, yeah, the three-point line ruined everything. So you're watching that. Are you, You're watching it too, aren't you, Mike? No, I haven't started. Oh, so yet. You, need to, you need to start watching, but doesn't it give you a greater like love and appreciation for the ABA? Like I didn't think ABA was that as big of a thing. Well, it started off with the ABA being a joke, though. <laughs> a little <laughs> kind bit. of, kind of just being a joke where where a golfer wanted to own a team, so you just got a team kind the of thing. Flint Tropics, yeah, yeah. It was basically that. Yeah, one. I think one of the owners wanted to play too. Yeah. So yeah, it was just exactly reminding me of, like the, the semi-pro movie with Will Ferrell. But that, that was my first like real like that's kind of what I thought it was because that was the first visual I think of it that I can remember. Well, I mean, I and I knew some of the history that the teams got transformed over, and and a lot of the there's a lot of good players that came from that. I guess I didn't never appreciate it near as much as now watching through this and realize that a good chunk of those players became NBA stars and legends. Yeah, they had cheerleaders and just bikinis, and they tried everything. They would have bears out in the yeah, <laughs> out of mid court. They they like that bear, like that bear scene when semi pro was legit. Yeah, yeah, it is legit. That stuff happened in the ABA because they, they just it. needed people to get in the seats. Yeah, they ran right. it like a minor league baseball franchise. Yeah. Just yeah, they so, said some nights you could count the people in the stands. It'd be there'd be less people in the stands than the people on the bench. <laughs> that, that's great. <laughs> yes. Anyway, well, they said like some people actually came in to use it for warmth. <laughs> yeah, that sounds just right. get out of the rain or something. Don't even care about the right. game. <laughs> So let's move into the cycle. Pete, are we going to hit for a cycle today? I think so. 
So Yelich, he hit for the cycle twice last year. He's the only player in MLB history to hit for the cycle against the same team. Of course, yeah, look at that. the Reds. Yeah. The Reds were so bad. Are the Reds going to be that much of a pushover this year? No, uh, I don't Absolutely think so. He did it 20 like days it. apart in August. Yeah, that's incredible. So there's also no major league player who has ever hit for the home run cycle, which we posted on our social media. I forget the name of her. So I had those. That was going to be my one of my extras. But if you think the hardest thing you can do is actually hit for the cycle, the home run cycle I think has got to be a little bit better. So University of Arkansas's Danielle Gibson completed the challenge. She's a sophomore, and she came be only the, she became only the second person in NCAA history to hit the home run cycle, which I thought was kind of amazing because I didn't know there was one person who ever did it, but she was the second. But the thing of it is she did it in four straight innings. Wow. So yeah. that's 10 RBIs, yeah. four home runs, 10 RBIs. It's yes. pretty good. Pretty she went, good. She went two-run two home run, three-run home run, grand slam home run, and then the, the pesky solo. Yeah, oh. the solo's the hardest, obviously. Oh. <laughs> but pretty amazing. So let's just uh, lead off with the single here. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Of course, we all love him. We all love his movies, right? Jumanji, Jumanji 3 is coming out. And uh, it has Danny DeVito, I believe, in it. So I'm definitely going to eat up this movie. Well, you had me at The Rock. I mean, oh, anything right. he's in, I'm, anything I'm, I'm all in. Rock. Even, so, even Skyscraper. I watched that. So speaking of size, Skyscraper, I guess I never heard of that one. I have to watch that one. Yeah, that's where he's uh, <laughs> like a security specialist. Uh, I, think he's, he was, uh, I think he's always a security specialist. I think he was like a Navy SEAL or a Marine or something like that and got wounded. There's that backstory, but then he became a, a security specialist. He went to save his family <laughs> by jumping from one skyscraper to the next. Jeez. Spoiler alert, he made it. So what's your favorite rock movie? Do you have one? Do you want me to read off Rotten Tomatoes top 10? Uh, sure, you could do that. Okay. I'll start at one. Moana. Disney. Uh, kids love it. Yeah. Jumanji. Last year, of course. Or 2017. Fast and the Furious franchise. There's a bunch of them. And uh, he has another one coming out. For yeah. Fast and Furious. I forget the name of it. Uh, Is it Hobbs and... Or? Hobbs and... Hobbs and Nobbs. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> Calvin and Hobbs. Calvin yeah. and Hobbs, yeah. I think it's Hobbs and Shaw. There you go. Central Intelligence. Solid movie. Kevin Hart. Okay. I loved it. The Rundown, Hercules, Snitch at 7, San Andreas at 8, number 9 is Get Smart, and number 10, which I think this is a little underrated, Pain and Gain. Ooh. Ooh. Solid Pain and Gain. I love Pain and Gain. It's a true story. Is this this your transition into Oscar talk? Yeah, this is our Oscar special, right? But but seriously, like, where's the likes of, like, G.I. Joe? Like, he was in G.I. Joe? Yeah. This is Rotten Tomatoes, so Rotten Tomato ratings, I should say. Bay- tomato meter. Baywatch? Baywatch, yeah. Uh, hello. Yeah. Scorpion King? That one was bad. I'm going to have to say Reno 911 Miami. It's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> he has a very small cameo, but he it's does. funny. It's good. All right, let's just move on to the double. Well, <laughs> no, just well, well, well Andy, you-, you got one for me? Oh, there's so many I like of his, though. I like a lot of them. I think, but I, I think I'm a sucker for the Fast and the Furious franchise. They were starting to get a little old. Not, I mean, make fun of me if you want to. They were probably pretty old after the first couple, but he really resurrected that series and became a, a complete action packed, crazy thriller films. And I will still sign up for him every time. 
my version of that that I will sign up for every time is the Rocky franchise. And I do watch very few movies, but I watched recently Creed 2. I loved every second of it. I haven't seen Creed. Creed's good. Creed 2 has Ivan Drago back in it. Oh, nice. Creed, right. Creed fights uh, Ivan Drago's son. Oh, that's a great storyline. Oh, there's a great scene where Rocky and Ivan Drago uh, face off again. Ivan Drago shows up at Rocky's restaurant in Philadelphia. It's great. Nice. I heard it was kind of a Sally move. Was I wrong about that? I just overheard like people, they didn't like that, that part of it because it made him look like a wuss. Well, the whole, I guess without getting too deep into it and spoilers, the whole movie though really comes down to kind of everyone's relationship with their father in a <laughs> weird way. So like they do paint uh, Drago though as being uh, a good dad and having like kind of a soft spot because of his son, even though they're supposed to live kind of poor now ever since he lost the Rocky, it's supposed to have kind of ruined his life. So he's... Well, how did how did both their lives get ruined? Because I mean, it's not like Rocky is living high on the hog. Uh, Rocky had all of his money stolen by his accountant in Rocky Five. No one remembers that because nobody saw Rocky Five. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> so both guys are in dire straits. Yeah, but I recommend it. I love it. All right, now now it's time for the double. Let's move on. Let's move on. Swami time. Put on your Swami caps. Where does Antonio Brown play in 2019? The Packers are a team being thrown around as a perfect spot for Brown. Would you trade a 30th pick for him? I would. Yeah. Brown is uh, on record wanting to go to the Packers and 49ers. I think he's going to probably go to San Francisco. I don't see him going to Green Bay. They seem to make the most sense. What's interesting is I looked up the odds for this as of right before we taped. <laughs> Packers not on the board. Oh. Uh, Colts favorites at 3-1. to one. That'd be an interesting team for him to go to, I feel. Although, I I get it. But if you're the uh, Steelers, would you want to trade Antonio Brown to an AFC team that just that, made the playoffs? I just can't, I can't see that happening. An AFC team that just won a playoff game? Right. I don't know about that. Yeah, then Niners, Jets, and Raiders are all 5-1. to one. Uh, Bills are 6-1. to one. Cardinals, Broncos, Lions, 7-1. to one. Texans, Patriots, 8-1. to one. Part of me would actually still be shocked that he, if he actually does get out of Pittsburgh this year. I mean, Pittsburgh, even if they trade him, will be on the hook for $20 million in dead cap this oh, year. So, so much money. And Pittsburgh has, they've said he's a star player. We want uh, a star's haul in return. They don't want to just give him up for like a fourth round pick. Right. So I don't know what's going to happen with this, but. I don't, I don't think he's worth much more than a second round, third round value. Because I, I, part of me, the fear is like he, he's a, he's a. Unbelievable talent. I mean, he's gonna, he's going on 30. He's on the wrong side of that age, but he's still talented. I'm not going to deny that. But the fact that what makes you think he's not going to come to this team and do the same crap that he's doing yeah. now, and he's going to demand more money. Yeah, he said he does want to renegotiate his contract as soon as he's traded and get more money. Yeah, and what if he came to the Packers and halfway into the season, Devontae Adam leads the team in all the receiving categories, and he starts being his usual Antonio right. Brown self of being upset. So, I mean, that's part of the thing I'm I'm a little bit worried about, I guess. I like the idea of Rodgers being 35 and getting a weapon like this. Just, I feel like we're kind of getting to a point. I'm almost... If you could get, like, A.B. from, like, f- like three, four years ago, but he well, kept his mouth shut. Yeah, not, like, uh, secretly uh, I can't let streaming the, the coach. Like, you don't need to hear that. The, 
the part where he was uh like was he on periscope or something when tomlin was giving a like a pep talk like that seems like that's really crossing a lot right. of lines yeah and, definitely so it's, it comes with a ton of risk. plus i think that's would be a lot of it'd be a lot for a new head coach to have to deal with yeah so i don't think it would have i'm kind of with you the niners seem to make sense in terms of kind of what they have to give up where they are in rebuilding and the fact that he wants to go there nfc it all kind of seems like that would be safe so i was kind of with i'd like to get your guys' take on this i was kind of with like lev bell a little bit like franchise tag and not i mean you only get so many carries with that and bruising yeah. on your body that you should like now's the time for him to make his money and kind of get that long-term deal the last one he'll probably get as a pro but antonio brown signed this deal with yeah. three years left on it at what point is enough like is enough 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 is enough the fact that you're gonna you sign the deal you should be held accountable to the deal so part of me i think wish a little bit and i know it's a player's league and i don't think they get paid enough for the brutal like brutality that they get probably but, not but at the same time they're also should be held accountable to signing a deal that they made why do they get to back out of it just because they don't like the situation they're in? I think, oh, like Odell Beckham's in the same boat. He literally just signed that extension he already wants out of New York. Yeah, to make him what, highest paid receiver ever. You, you can't have it both ways. Either you're going to get the, the contract and get the money, or you're going to go to the team that you want that wins. I mean, it's hard to have both. So I can see what you guys' thoughts are on that. Uh, I, I totally agree. I guess some players look at it, though, as, you know, if teams aren't happy with the contract, they can cut you. But if players are unhappy with the contract, best they can do is hold out. And that's some of their argument for why they do that kind of stuff. But we'll sign the three-year deal and get a guaranteed contract. Yeah. Don't don't try to look for that long-term one and and do whatever. So that's why I think Pittsburgh. I mean, in all reality, I, I feel bad for them because they as bad as you can feel for a AFC East team. But I feel bad from a little bit the fact that AFC North. Sorry, corrections AFC. music. <laughs> as much as I feel bad for, for the Pittsburgh Steelers that we beat in Super Bowl 45. But, I mean, I, I, I think you keep them. I think you should hold them accountable to this contract, fine them, and then do, you're going to have to blow it up next year anyway. Like, this this seriously is going to be a terrible team next <laughs> going year. Going downhill. It's it's going downhill fast. Roethlisberger's probably, like, he's probably going to play well, one more year. What if the best way to punish him is to trade him to the Raiders or the Bills? That's a pretty good punishment. Yeah. Because he can't control who he goes yeah. to, really. Yeah, it's team control. Yeah, that'll be interesting. So let's stick with the footballers. I kind of switched it on you guys. Mm -hmm. So the home run. Rodgers, he wants to be coached. So Luke Getze says that Rodgers wants to be pushed. He wants to be coached up. Uh, the three coaches in the quarterback room will be a big part of helping Rodgers out. Before wants to finds that the QB play caller relationship is extremely important and doesn't foresee ever missing a quarterback meeting. We'll see if that's true. Do you guys think the trio of Hackett, LeFleur, and Getze can get the best out of Rodgers in 2019 and hopefully beyond? Well, it seems like Rodgers is committed to it, so I think it's really on him. If, if he really is embracing this coaching change and realizing that he might not have that many years left in the league, then, yeah, I feel like uh, we'll see peak Aaron Rodgers for whatever he's got left in the tank here. And I hope it's not too late that we can still make one more run with him. 
think the Fleur is like creative, but I, I think you're going to get the most out of like Hackett from what I hear. It's going to be the guy that kind of holds his feet to the fire and, and pushes people um, from what I heard coming out of Jacksonville. He was just handicapped with not the likes of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, uh, yeah that'll help. <laughs> slight difference when you're Blake Bortles, but they actually managed to get a lot out of Blake Bortles, I feel like. For... That's what I'm saying. So you had a you had a Cavalier and were able to get like semi-decent luxury car, and now you're driving a Lambo. Oh, definitely, yeah. Well, if you're going to have a Lambo, you got to put premium gas in it. Antonio Brown. No. <laughs> so onto the triple. Someone who might be buying a Lambo pretty soon here. Mm-hmm. Um, Zion Williamson exploded out of his shoe. Huge news <laughs> early in the week, but we have to cover this. Uh, Nike takes a big hit. Their stock dropped. Well, only one percent. I don't know if that's big or not. But, pretty good uh, for the right, right away in the morning after before trading. I do have a bunch of quotes. I don't know if you guys wanted me to read all these. Like Cousins' remarks was pretty hilarious. How he thinks going to college basketball is is a bunch of donkey poo. <laughs> uh, he doesn't understand the point of it. Uh, Trey Young even says Zion needs to chill out the rest of the season, sit out. But uh, Barkley, he kind of def- kind of was going off on the NBA players and how. He's frustrated with their non-respect for the college game, saying that Shaq played for three years and he played for two years and all this stuff. Michael Jordan, Larry Bird, Chamberlain, they all played college for a couple of years at least. Well, Barkley, one and done wasn't a thing back then. Yeah. I think if they you were offered that much money, I think you would have you would have not played college or been out of college. But anyway. I do you, think it's a generational thing. So, yeah. What do you think of this, though? you think Jordan's behind this? Because... It, the game was in UNC, right? Oh, yeah. It's a North, Nike, Nike shoe, Nike Jordan. And North Carolina won then. I don't know. That's, that's, what you get, that's what you get for not wearing Air Jordans. Right, that's true. But I, I just can't believe how that shoe blow, blew I've up. Never I've that never seen that happen in my life. Yeah. That's just crazy. If you haven't seen the Onion Sports article, you have to. Oh, that's fantastic. That poor, poor eight-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. if you're Zion... Isn't it in your best interest to just sit now? Like, yeah. I like, what else do you have to accomplish? You're going to be the number one pick. He's a heck of a talent. Like, his defense has been fantastic. That's yeah. one of the things a lot of scouts are buzzing about is saying how good of a defender he could be. We've seen the crazy athleticism of him just breaking free and doing, like, windmill dunks. Mm-hmm. But with his combined with his defense, they've seen enough. He's the number one pick. Don't play. I wouldn't play if I was him. I think the only fear you run into, and I think Lev Bell kind of faced this a little bit, is the fact if you don't have a program and a regimen, I'm, I'm with it. I'm with you if he can stay in shape and the idea he still works out and gets a trainer and things like that, but you can get out of game shape in a yeah. hurry. We saw uh, Ben Simmons do it, though, and he still was the number one pick. I think ultimately, though, this just comes down to the system is broken, the one-and-done system. It it shouldn't. There shouldn't be, I don't think there should be a one-year minimum. I would actually like to see a two-year minimum, but you don't have to go to college. Let Zion Williamson just go to the NBA and get drafted, and then anyone who goes to college has to play two years. I think that would make more sense, kind of fix the one-and-done rule and also not hold some of these kids back because they're ready to go to the NBA. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's true. I I, uh, I don't like the, just coming out of high school and playing. I think those, like, you look at Giannis and it's taken him a while 
to uh, develop. And a lot of those players never developed. Like I think Miles was one of them. The one one I think of Darius Miles. I think Kwame was, Brown. Kwame Brown. Yeah. There's a lot of players that didn't haven't worked out. But then there's LeBron. You know, there's players that have Garnett, yeah, Kobe. Yeah. Tracy. So I mean, yeah. there's always pluses and minuses to everything but i agree there should be at least two years if you go to college and then who cares if these kids want to go they want to go go take that risk you might not play but you most likely you will be a good talent you'll make them a lot of money for your family and stuff but some of these kids need that yeah i'd rather see him just go straight to the nba than get in these situations like ben simmons especially his was ridiculous because he got to a point where he just decided he wasn't going to play anymore and then he just stopped going to class because he's like, what's the point? And when you start doing stuff like that, it is kind of silly that like, oh, he's a scholarship athlete and he's just not going to play basketball or go to class anymore. Cause it no work. NBA team is going to judge you off if you went to class. Yeah. They don't they don't care. They just care what how high you can jump and if you can shoot some buckets. Yeah. <laughs> but it kind of the whole idea then that these are, you know, uh, collegiate athletes, guys who are there that aren't going to make the NBA and play a full four years. They're having a completely different experience, and well, I don't, I don't like the one and done. I don't have much to add. I've, I've, I'm on the both sides of the fence on this one. I can see both sides of the story and both sides of the coin, so I, I can argue both ways, I suppose. I feel bad for this part, though. I would have liked to have seen him finish out what he started. Yeah. I don't, I don't necessarily. I mean, I, I get it. I get the fact that you had a freak accident and you didn't you tweet your name, but that could have happened walking anywhere. But the idea that you're gonna, the part I don't like about it, the selfishness of it where you're going to leave your your team high and dry that was built with you it's true you can get hurt doing lots of things i mean we've seen worse injuries with indoor nerf basketball so right uh, <laughs> right <laughs> yeah i would like to see him back just from the standpoint of duke is very interesting the fact that they have the top three freshmen with cam radish and rj barrett to go with him that's it's kind of like they almost beat kentucky at their own game so i'd kind of like to just see how it plays out in the tournament, but yeah, storylines wise in the tournament, you you want to see Zion there. You want to see the best players against each other because it's it's a lot of fun. So. Yeah, and without him, Duke got smoked. Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, on to the walk. Um, pretty much, pretty easy one. Just a little question. Our Packer great Tom Crabtree put on Twitter. He was asking what sport would be easiest to put an average Joe in the starting lineup and give him serious playing time and win a game with. So on Twitter, he posted baseball, MLB, NBA, NFL, and NHL. Um, You guys can add other sports if you want. I'll give you these results after you give me your results. Well, so what I wrote down, and this is the easiest one, this is kind of a cop-out. It is kind of. If you put him at DH... That'd be the easiest answer, but I feel like that's too cheap. Yeah. To not have him. So I think, I still think baseball would be the easiest if, if you put him in just right field and hope for minimum defensive plays and then just strikeouts every at bat. Major League Baseball isn't Little League. Putting him in right field is not always a good thing. <laughs> right. You need yeah. the strongest arm in right field, actually, right? Yeah, that's true if you're throwing to third, but I was just thinking of where, where else could you hide him? Because if you had him on a basketball court, though, Oh, yeah, get destroyed. Basketball is like zero percent. It would you be can't put him on the it'd basketball. Be, it'd team. be every play. He'd Hilarious. Be yeah. Yeah, we had a friend of ours that thought it'd be a good idea to try it out for the G League, and and we didn't have the heart to tell him like that's that's not a good idea. There's a lot of really good athletes in the G League, and you're and 
I'm not saying you don't have game, but you don't have NBA <laughs> G League game. Yeah, that's why his nickname is Buckets. Yeah, you have Rec League game. But yeah, I don't know. Like NFL, no way. No, I, I mean maybe I, kicker. I, no, no. I think he could play center, like long snapper. Like uh, not like NFL, like not true sure. like line. I think long snapper would be perfectly but fine. But as soon as he leaves that line, he's getting laid out. I guess so. Just don't do it. He, she. I'm not. Don't with do the, it. With here. the part. Nobody the, can line up over the top of you. The caveat of getting serious playing time, though, I think that's where you you can't use a DH or a long right, snapper. Yeah. I think you got to yeah. say someone who's going to be playing like the majority of snaps. Well, what about like soccer, like a forward or something? Just throw them out there in the middle of the field. Yeah, I mean, the problem with that would be... Liability. Like, I don't know how you'd score that. But couldn't he just... Well, I guess serious playing time, but he could fake an injury and just go out of the game. No, what, what do they mean by average Joe? <laughs> I think You're just, right, yeah. What's the term of it? Yeah, average Joe. What is that? Like, like 5'8"? I think maybe they will say know. someone who like maybe played the sport in high school but was never never like, made it to college. Never, yeah. never gonna be Uncle good. Rico. Yeah, <laughs> Uncle Rico. Yeah, <laughs> I think it almost have to be baseball though, because I just feel like that would be minimal impact. At least you can go up there and strike out every time, and the rest of your right. order could still hit. But if like if you're in the lineup for basketball or football, you'd just be so easy to pick on. Yeah, play I just after play. I guess I just worry about being a liability in the field, but. You never know. You put your best pitcher out there. Uh, you, I don't know. What I if, don't know. What if it was a defender in hockey and you just really sold out with like hockey, s- like selling out nah, though to try no, to block? No, 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 no. I don't block. think the average Joe can skate. Well, no, but I was just saying it'd be somebody who played it in high school. <laughs> oh, I guess. Okay. I'm not saying right, someone who can't right, skate, but right. I'm saying the, the term of average Joe is kind to, of tough. I guess you need to go to Admiral's game. I feel because those guys get smoked every oh, game. God. Well, I was that just thinking the defend, if you put him back as a defender no. and, and tried to no. have him block shots, though, with his body, really sell out Ugh. to... <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I, I, so I, don't, I don't care what your term is for average Joe. My answer is long snapper, NFL team, done. No, long snapper doesn't count. That's not, count. That's You're not, not making up the rules? I'm saying, because then otherwise that's too easy. We're saying someone who has to play, you're playing more than 50% of the game. Because if you're only what? if you're only in on a couple plays though, that then that defeats the purpose of the question. Because then I just does, say yeah. like DH, yeah, strike out, or you could just say, all right, I'm gonna have an NBA, but right, he, he plays two fine. minutes, he oh, goes no. to the bench immediately. So there's gotta be significant playing time. I think it has to be baseball. Fine. In the NFL of the question. special teamer with Greg the Leg as a kicker. <laughs> So we've already talked a little bit about injuries earlier on the show. That is kind of the theme of the show with our uh, giveaway for the Brewers Chasing History hat, having people submit their uh, best sports injury stories, and we've had quite a few of them already. Right. So we're going to start off reading some of those. But before before we go actually into that, do we each want to share one of our own? Because I have one that I would share. I mean, I got one. I got. I mean, I've. I got. I got one that we could probably share every I've week heard, that we like, do this. I've heard every part of my body, so it's. I got a lot, but is I it, got one. This is the one I actually want to share. It's not actually uh, my sports injury. It was the one I inflicted on somebody. Mm. Oh, yeah. Okay. So Pete remembers this one. Yeah. Vividly. Yes. So so we'll set the stage for you. JV baseball year. Pete, I think you might have been on base. There's runners on. <laughs> Pete was definitely on second. Yeah. Yeah. Pete was sign stealing out on second. Yeah, yeah that boy. Yeah. So he was giving the relay signs in. But, no, I was betting third. For whatever reason, a third baseman 
started to charge in like I was bunting. Now, if listeners at home, you cannot see Andy. Andy is about six foot six. Mm. I'll say six so five, six six, whatever. Just, I'll, six six, like you're not. He's not bunting. And if you're hitting third, yeah. How often <laughs> would you have your three hitter <laughs> bunt? So we'll say JV. I can go back. I don't want to go back and look, but I was betting like well over four hundred, five hundred. It wasn't. I was Easily five hundred. I, I think I hit five hundred that year. Yeah, so I was betting really pretty well. We're down by we're down by one, and there's again there's runners I think first and second. So I took first pitch. It was a ball, but he was. I saw him coming in. I was kind of shocked. I kind of chuckled to myself. I'm like, there's no need for this kid to do this. So he goes back to his spot, about even with third. So then I see him walk up again, and I get a like hanging curveball. Just hanging out there, chilling. Just a lollipop. Just a little lollipop guy. Like I was hitting BP. They hang them, you bang them, right? So I waited back. I mean, I hit this ball. You were there, Pete. Mike, I've never hit a ball harder in my life. <laughs> oh, my God. I've never hit a ball harder in my life. I'm not even joking. I've hit a lot of hard hard balls in my career. It's just that when you can just feel that you he yes, hit it sweet it was, spot. I was so excited because it was one of those, I'm like, this is a, this is a shot. It was, I hit... Square barrel. It was inside because it was a hanging curve. I I stepped out. I turned on it and hit it the hardest I've ever hit in my life. Before that or since. Rocket shot. And this poor kid was walking in. This poor kid couldn't get his glove up. The sheer sound of it was the sound coming off my bat. The sound off his face. So it was, it was, it was like this. Yes. <laughs> Immediately. But I had a... I had, I had an AirTech Platinum, so you had a nice little, you had the nice sound coming off the bat. Oh, beautiful. And it sounded, I swear to you, as I'm sitting here right now, it sounded like I was in Miller Park with Christian Yelich hitting a bat, home run shot, but that was his face. Yeah. So what part of the face did it catch? Mouth, nose, higher up, all of it? (laughs) So before we get to that, like, so it hits him in the face. There's more. He didn't get his, he couldn't even get his glove up. He didn't even, even if he wanted to, he couldn't do it. He literally dropped to his knees and then face planted like he was out. Like, I thought I killed him. I thought he was literally, I thought I'm like, I, don't, I thought I was in trouble because I just murdered somebody. Yeah, it was, it was scary. I, 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 I half ran. I got halfway down the line. I almost got thrown out because I stopped and stared at him. You didn't know what to do. And the coach just screamed at me to get to first because like they needed, they, I mean, obviously they wanted the base runner or whatever. And I just sat there and I literally sat and like, it was one of those things where I went to a knee and I just like started biting on my jersey because I was just like, oh my goodness. And like everybody rushed out to him. Pool of blood all over the field. So what actually had happened, I'd called him later just to check on him. Because he got, it was the whole thing. He didn't regain consciousness that I saw or maybe he did towards the end. But they had the emergency, like they had a rescue squad come and, and took him out. They never moved him from the field. So a whole stretcher thing, strapped him down, put him in and left. It was hard to resume after that, like yeah. for, for the rest of us. Yeah, but play I ca- ball, <laughs> right? So I called him later just to wish him well. I got his number because our high school like head coach, I think his, I don't know if it was his son or maybe whatever. He was yeah. related to the other coach, so like the JV coach was related to our our high school coach. So I called him just to see how he was doing, and this kid was great. I mean, honestly, as a as a we're all the same age, and I just felt totally bad. I just like, sorry. He's like sorry he's like what well, you just did what you were supposed to do I'm looking back and i don't know what the hell i was doing so he did that but he told me that the doctor said if i was a half inch over i probably would have literally killed him because it hit him right on his orbital bone 
just below his eye socket mm. and it was just i shattered that bone like he had to get like a couple of reconstructive surgeries to like repair it but they said if he was like a half inch over i would have hit his nose and probably would just like send a shard straight into his face and skull oh, man so God. i almost lost it and i phone call like i was like i don't know what to do i mean i'm what 16 years old and i like this kid's telling me i almost killed him so i we kept in touch a little bit over that season and, and i just wished him well and once he got out of the hospital i i went to Oh, geez. All right. Give that guy the hat. He won. <laughs> right. So honestly, through the years, I don't remember his name, unfortunately, because I mean, it'd be interesting to have looked him up to see what he's doing now. But yeah, but I don't think he played baseball ever again. After I would that. retire from every sport ever, even underhand with a tennis ball. I'd be, oh, no, I'm out. I don't but, do that. Yeah. The two of our guys almost got thrown out because it was one of those things like, what do you do? What, what do you even do? Yeah, that's a freaky thing. Like the ball was just laying there. Like the shortstop went and grabbed it, but then it was just like you were there. Like that was nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's scary a scary moment. That's a scary side of sports that you try to just black out from your mind that that stuff can even happen while you're playing. Yeah. So we worried about a little bit with our with our kids playing like tr- travel ball now, and like some of those bats are ridiculous. I tried a, I tried my son's new one, and then I bent the cage. Like I got a hold of one and and I crushed it so hard. Like I bent the cage. I'm like, oh man, like it just. It's they nuts. Should, they should go to wooden bats at all levels. I think some like high school groups, like leagues, have done a little bit of that. I know our our college did. They played wooden league. So I'll leave my story for Wednesday. I don't think I I don't want to top it. But yeah, I don't have I don't have anything on that level. I'll leave I'll leave mine for the next podcast. Okay. Yeah, sorry, but I just wanted. To, we're waiting for a good time to share it. And I thought that was as good as any. So it wasn't my personal one, but yeah, I like guess that, that one's that, brutal. That, that guy definitely earned it. All right. Onto the fans. On the fan story. <laughs> Mike, you want to start it off? Sure. Speaking of buckets, he sent one in. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Thank you, buckets. Bu- infamous buckets, yeah. Was it when he pulled his hammy trying out for the G League? No, this <laughs> no, this one involves the sport of hurling. If anyone isn't familiar with hurling, look it up. It's the national sport of Ireland. It is pretty fun to watch, actually. Yeah. I, I will I'll throw that out there. So he says he was playing hurling with the Milwaukee hurling club men's traveling team he says he's warming up for the game talking with a buddy when out of nowhere he got hit by a ball it's called a slitter it's about <laughs> the size of a baseball he says but two-thirds the weight it hit him with force right in the pills <laughs> <laughs> it caught most of my nick Foles and half of my punching bag <laughs> Kudos, a, kudos for just the description of yeah, this. I need a well drum played. set. So he says he was rolling around in pain when the manager asked if he was wearing a cup. He said, no. <laughs> Captain <laughs> says you should be wearing one in obvious <laughs> hindsight. He's happy to report that since this happened, he's been able to father two kids and he still doesn't wear a cup because they're uncomfortable. <laughs> oh, man. What shot? Do, which shot is going to take to actually get you to change know, your mind and wear one? That's a man right there. Then I, I would definitely be wearing a cup in that sport. Any good start, like baseball, wear a cup. Any sport where you're football, firing, football, I feel like you can get away with yeah. some of the time. Yeah. Depends what you play, I guess. Yeah, I basketball unnecessary. Yeah, I tried oh, to harp. Yeah. No. We harped on the kids today. I was like, if you want to catch. You're wearing a cup Base- on a daily basis. Yeah, baseball is 100%. You're crazy Jeez. to not wear one. Oh. So I'll go next. We have another entry from a friend of the podcast, Joel. Joel was in football practice his sophomore and junior year. And he was a starting center. But the thing you need to know about Joel is he was weighing in about 150 pounds. 
Oh, yeah. Soaking wet 150 pounds. While used to match up against significantly bigger, obviously, and stronger guys, this particular day, he was taking a beating. I think every day you're probably taking a beating if you're 150 yeah. pounds going against, like, typical front line. But anyway, I'd been hit in the same place on the side of my arm repeatedly. As we continued to scrimmage, my arm began to shake uncontrollably as if we were having a spasm that wouldn't go away. Eventually, I was told to stop practicing, and I made a trip to the ER where they told me I had nerve damage, and they put me in a sling for the next three weeks. My arm continued to spasm, <laughs> which, if viewing me from sorry, behind, sorry made me appear to play as I was playing the role of Pee Wee Herman in a movie theater constantly for three weeks. <laughs> <laughs> well, that had to be a perfect high school moment. Well, I guess it, it, we were all in the same class as him. I remember yeah. that well. <laughs> yeah. Where it, uh, it was so easy to make fun of him because oh, his so arm easy. just shook uncontrollably all day. And he was one of the toughest football players too. Like he was such a, yeah, but that injury. Talk about being put in a position <laughs> to lose. He, like, it's hard. He yeah. was really, well, he yeah. was really a gamer. He was, he even, he played basketball despite, he, he would say he was terrible at basketball. He did it only to stay in shape for football because he was an <laughs> undersized lineman. But yeah, he was, he was definitely a gamer when you hear that he was completely undersized to be playing the offensive line. But Still managed to hold down the center position. Moving on. <laughs> a little bit more lighthearted. We'll end with a lighthearted story, maybe, yeah, about top Easter. Those, top those two. About an Easter kickball game. Carrie writes in, Seven years ago, at a big family Easter gathering, we decided to play kickball. Kickball's always a great idea on Easter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nothing bad can happen. Especially in Wisconsin. I don't know. It feels like it still would be, would be snowing. Anyway. <laughs> For real frozen ground. Yeah. Hey, then snowball. I was in the outfield when a ball was kicked short of me. I lunged for the ball and caught it for the out. But when I lunged, go, when I lunged, I heard this terrible popping, ripping oh. sound, and my leg felt like it was on fire. I went to take a step and almost fell over. The only way I could walk is if I walked backwards. Oh no! <laughs> and that was still painful. So here I am in the middle of the field, and I have to get back to the house. I looked like I was doing the moonwalk all the way back to the house. ACL, Achilles, which one do we think we're going for? Yeah. I would have thought Achilles based on the I pop. Popping, yeah. Popping. I've and heard, the fact that she hung on to the... Oh, anyway, I'll let you finish. Yeah, I've heard my Achilles pop when I had a really bad ankle injury, and that's not a nice sound. Yeah. Anyway. It's going to be a doom. Yeah. A trip to the doctor confirmed I tore my calf muscle. Oh. Lesson learned. Ooh, wild card. Stretch <laughs> for was, everything now. <laughs> I do like I'm not the, anticipating yeah. calf muscle tear yeah. Yeah. I do like the visual of kind of trying to like, yeah, moonwalk. <laughs> 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 able to move backwards. Easter. I'm going to go find some Easter eggs in the hey, house. Happy Easter, number one. Two, she made the out. Well played. Oh, yeah. yeah. Never give up on another, the play. Another person who's a gamer. She's yeah. a gamer. Get the out. I feel like, like uh, the stepping up and then like not taking be able to take one step before you're like a, a newly born deer where you're just gonna collapse on the ground. I know some people who do this where they have like a family tradition of playing like softball or kickball or football on like Thanksgiving or Easter, and I'm kind of glad my family doesn't do that. I feel like this kind of stuff would happen. Oh god, on it a regular so much. On a regular no, you guys basis. just you guys just wrestling coals. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> we got all that out of our system as kids. Yeah, I uh, I had that same moment where I I would I fell over like I couldn't get up. Both my calves cramped at the same time <laughs> oh, as yeah. I was tackled from behind. 
could not move. Like you can't even get up. Yeah. <laughs> you just have to wait for him to relax. Yeah, that's oh. a weird moment. Well, it's like hard because you can only, I mean, as a person, I feel like you can only stretch out or focus on one at a time. And oh, when you yeah. have both of them down, it's like, what do you do? What do you what do? do? You just sit there. Hopefully that two coaches rub them. We had, <laughs> I would try to I would try to log roll to the bench. We need a bleep sound on that one. You should have Joel on your team, and then you could have just used his oh, Jesus. All <laughs> right. spasms to rub that up for you. Let's move on. <laughs> hey, so there's still time to get your stories in, right? Yeah. We've got a couple weeks yet. Yeah, those are the, the first three we're going to do. We have enough to fill a couple more episodes on deck. Definitely. Yeah, so if you, one to, fun. if you have one to top that or even just a fun, lighthearted one, there's, there's no bias here. Just get them in here. You submit one, you get entered to, to win the old hat. So We'll even let you uh, enter them if you've witnessed an injury. Yeah. We're not, yeah. not on we, TV. We're not that no, particular. Not a professional. We want everybody friend. to participate. Friend. It has to be at least be a friend. So based, you know. so based on the last time, we actually were totally wrong on what we actually named the URL for this. Like the place to go to actually to sign up for this. We're doing like sports injury slash whatever. So I think we actually settled on questionabletoreturn.com slash giveaway. So it can be kind of the typical URL for or link to go to uh, for any giveaway we're going to go to in the future. So once this one's over, we'll take it down. And then any future ones will be the same address. Makes sense. So go out there. Submit. So going into after the All-Star break, the Bucks had a couple games against Boston and the Minnesota Timberwolves. They did fill their last roster spot. I don't know if you guys saw this, but Easton King is now a buck. 12-year-old kid with health health issues was granted his wish to hang out with the team, and he actually got to sign a contract and actually be with the team. So that was really cool. Yeah, that's a nice gesture. Good job, Bucks. But, yeah, um, to see his face when you got to hang out with Giannis was priceless. Yeah, pretty pretty cool moment there. But yeah, the Bucks uh they had a huge game against the Celtics. Uh they ended up winning this one 98 to 97. The NBA said they got a lot of calls wrong in this yeah, game not, at that not last without, stretch. Not without I mean, we can't controversy. Just... Let me just say for the record before you get into this, I have a very strong opinion about that call against Lopez mm-hmm. was complete and utter garbage. And they didn't they did admit that was wrong. I know yeah. that not, but I was just at the moment I'm I'm like, yeah, Are you crazy. are you he kidding me? The ball. He tipped that, yeah. Like the clock is not like and then the I couldn't stand Reggie Miller. Oh god. I couldn't stand him Even at all. I had to turn oh. I literally turned off the audio. He was so bad. He does not know the NBA. For for a guy who played it so much, he does not understand it. When when you do a tip ball, that clock doesn't start until possession is had. Yes. Over to Lopez, who then tipped, tipped it to it. the basket. Yeah. Yes. yes. That's where the clock starts. And and it should have been reset, and then Brogdon was there for the rebound. So that, the rest of this is a mute point, in my opinion, but well, continue with well, the then, other turmoil. I know, because Celtics fans are crying, and even this is where people like Bill Simmons drive me crazy, where I almost can't listen to him, is Boston fans act like they can't catch a break. I know. But he was saying, you know, all oh, Middleton tackled Morris on that final play. And the NBA came out and said, he didn't tackle him. He held him. The NBA said, yeah, he had a wrap around. He had his jersey. They said that should have been a foul. But they also said some of the reason that Middleton did that too. Kyrie Irving said an illegal screen, which they also pointed out should have been called. So, yeah. So just they cancel out. And the, yeah. none of this should have happened because of a bad call. The yeah, other way. So just a big deal. shut up about it, Boston fans. But Refs are human. Good game by the Bucks All-Stars. Definitely. Giannis had that monster block. That was fantastic. Oh, that that boy hustles so hard. I love it. Yeah. It's Tatum, right? 
That was the one yeah. against Tatum. Yes. Yeah. It was, runaway. Runaway looked like he was gonna dunk it. Yeah. It was impressive. There was no uh, Hizonia uh, dunk this time where he just missed catching up with them. No, he, he even mentioned that after the game that he he was worried that it was going to be a Hazonia moment, and he came up with the block. And I know Middleton didn't seem to have that great of a game up until the end. He was only 5 of 14. He had five turnovers, but he had 13 rebounds, which was pretty big in this game. Definitely. And he hit that clutch three oh, that was late a in the nice, game. Nice, nice three. Yeah, they, they needed that, and... Bucks beat Boston. That was a good, good win. That's one of the more exciting games of the season. Yeah, it was really rusty. Both teams are rusty. Rusty shooting. It was right. it was ugly to start. But the Bucks have not lost two in a row, of course, and that's a feather in the cap that they're only team in the NBA that hasn't lost two in a row, and also they haven't lost against the same team yet. Yeah, that's crazy. It, that's crazy. I just like to see that game, especially it had playoff ramifications but it also had a playoff atmosphere and to see them yeah. kind of still go in there and, and shut it down i mean you can argue the last play of the game but they still played like a championship caliber yeah it definitely it to see it definitely yeah felt like the playoffs i think this is the kind of intensity you're gonna see once we get there well, yeah it was the first game miritich played of course uh he it was kind of fun to watch some of the lineups they put out there just to test i think to make sure how he he fits with each mm-hmm. teammate so they put out a lot of different lineups with Miritich in there, and it was look it looked kind of cool. It looked like the Bucks were way more powerful with that second unit and Giannis not in. So he came in for Giannis, and it was more Mil- Middleton Miritich, and I kind of like that lineup a lot now that uh, you have that other shooter, I guess. Do you think uh, DJ Wilson, his minutes are now kind of diminished? Yeah, he it, hasn't played the last two games, so it did seem like they're they're going with Ilyasova and Miritich as kind of the front court off the bench paired with like George Hill and Snell a little bit as the backcourt mm-hmm. and that might be their kind of nine man rotation. I think you want to settle on about a nine man rotation before the playoffs. Definitely. It's one of the more interesting things that I found on Giannis. Um he's averaging thirty two point three points per game while shooting sixty two point four percent from the field so far in February. He would be the first NBA player to average 30-plus points per game with a six, 60% or better field goal percentage in a month, minimum of eight games since Shaquille O'Neal did it in 2001. So wow. when you say hashtag activated LeBron James, you should take note <laughs> of what that really means. Shaq was right to say he's the new Superman. Also the MVP. Yeah. So they did uh, get to play the Timberwolves on Saturday. It's a crazy game. Lots of scoring. Uh, Big fourth quarter again, right? Especially without Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah, we've gotten a the car game was accident. Close. The game was close the whole game. Yeah. It's actually his first missed game of his career. Yeah, he's in I the didn't con- know that. He's in the concussion protocol from getting in a car accident. Yeah, he got bumped from behind from a truck or something. Yeah. Did Ryan Saunders notice that he was gone, unlike Steve Kerr? Oh, Steve Kerr daydreaming? <laughs> daydreaming with Draymond Green? Yeah. Injured right in front of him? Was he injured? I don't know. It's okay. But it's, <laughs> if, you, if you haven't seen the, the animated GIF, it's hilarious. Yeah. Steve Kerr does not care that Draymond just sprained his ankle. <laughs> it's like, it's like what, are you, lo- what are you even looking at? He's just daydreaming. That's the way, it, that's how I look in every meeting I've ever been in. I'm just sitting there, just <laughs> a thousand yards there. Well, it's a corporate America look, but not when you're front and center on an NBA game. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Anyway, sorry, continue. Timberwolves game. game. It was close throughout a lot of the game. It was typical. We've had a a few of these where some teams really rise to the occasion against the Bucs. Like 
This time it was the Anthony Tolliver. Anthony Tolliver, yeah. Who would have guessed that he's just shooting the lights out? 33-year-old Anthony Tolliver just has a monster block of Giannis. <sighs> I have not seen somebody block Giannis that cleanly. That was impressive. Monster block, and then he keeps coming down and just hitting and three threes, after yeah. three. And, yeah, it felt like one of those games where it was like, oh, are the Bucks going to you know, let this one slip away? Just one of those games where they seemed almost... Like they were lacking energy, but then they turned it on, especially in the second half, and blew them out in the fourth quarter. Yeah, Giannis and Middleton combined for 55 points, 17 rebounds, and 10 assists, continuing their all-star push. They are just uh, on fire. And Nikola, with 18 minutes, Miritich had 17 points. Yeah, it's it's got some solid minutes now. It's pretty nice when you had a... um, Seven different guys score at least 13 points. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. Uh, that's how you get to 140. Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty easily. I mean, he, he looks to be a, a really good addition. I mean, we kind of knew it, but it, I've, I really liked what I've seen. And his little minutes, even he, sh- he hit two clutch shots against the Celtics and then played a little bit more minutes against the Timberwolves. And to come away with, like I said, the, the 17 points and, and six rebounds it really does help having yeah, that guy coming off. He's definitely going to fit in this team where they fit in with this team really he's well. He's super excited. Like here's to see his tweets and things like that about it and how excited he is to be here and how great this team is. Yeah, I'm glad the Bucks weren't uh, complacent at the uh, trade deadline even though they're in first. They still made a move and it looks like Heck of a, move. a great move that, that he could be a real difference maker in the playoffs. You see that they're still looking at potentially if the Cavaliers buy out J.R. Smith. Like they've been rumored. That'd be interesting. Uh, he would fit with the uh, let it fly mentality. He's always been a good three-point shooter. Yeah, another veteran guy in that in that team. I'd take it. Playoff tested. As your last spot. But I think a, a big thing for this team right now is Giannis is heating up. He's, <laughs> Which is His three-point shot is really coming along. So in, in October, he hit 6%. November, 14%. December, he raised it to 22%. January 30%, and now February, he's hit 45% of his threes. Yeah, we talked about that right before the All-Star break, how he was kind of heating up, and, he's, and he hasn't slowed down since the break. Yeah, good. just amazing. Look out, league. Yeah. He's not a shooting threes. It's he's looking very unless, comfortable. Unless you talk to Reggie Miller, and he says he's still uh, only got one one weapon. Yeah, Reggie Miller just doesn't like Milwaukee. He was he was taking a lot of shots. He, he said to Middleton, you know, enjoy the All-Star game because it – you might never be back here. You probably won't ever be back here. He's just always doing that kind of stuff. Such a troll. Yeah. Well, yeah, Lopez kind of ended this game with two minutes left, made Sakharik look uh, pretty silly, dunked on him and pushed him down and <laughs> stood over <laughs> him, got a well-deserved tee. I like that tee there. like to see uh, Lopez just dominating down low. And This team is just amazing. I just enjoy it. George Hill did get hurt. He has a growing injury. He is out Monday. Um, if you guys are listening on Monday, I guess. So he's, he might be out day-to-day, so we'll see how that affects this team. I think Connaughton got some minutes against the Timberwolves when he went out. Yeah, he did. It's also exciting to see Ja Rule perform at halftime of the 90s night. Giannis wasn't impressed. Giannis just started shooting during his, his <laughs> halftime show. Giannis probably had no idea who Ja Rule was. Giannis is too young. I think I think Ja Rule was amazed it was 90s night and it, he's a 2000 <laughs> artist. Yeah, that's true. He even said that. So, yeah, he was. They didn't want to get the show started either. There's a little clip of him asking the DJ to start the music, basically. <laughs> yeah, it didn't Good go job well. Walking. Ja Rule's just trying to make some money.
So before we talk about the Brewers, kicks off their 2019 season spring training games. Let's talk a little bit about the MLB top 100 players for 2019. There's a few Brewers on that list. Most notably, Yelich at 8, Kane at 28, Hader 51, Jesus at 62, Shaw 94, and Grandal 96. Agree, disagree? The one that jumps out to me is I think Hader's actually not high enough. 51, you could argue he is the best reliever in baseball. He's certainly right up there in terms of value to a team. I would put him ahead of a lot of guys that are in that kind of 30 to 40 range. I don't know if it's just because people haven't completely embraced the fact that a reliever could be one of the best players in baseball, but that's the one that kind of bothered me I mean, at least the they, most. I think they gave him, he was the, the first relief pitcher ranked, right? I believe he was anyway. I think so. So at least they recognize that. Yeah. So yeah, but but they but they put him in a group of three. So I think I'm in Hader, Diaz, and Kimbrell were all together, fifty-one, fifty-two, and fifty-three respectively. Yeah, but is Trevor Bauer better than Hader? <laughs> Trevor Bauer at forty-one. Yeah. Mitch Haniger is thirty-nine. Mariners outfielder. Like, would you really rather have Mitch Haniger than Josh Hader? True. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I don't agree with that one either. I think he should be a little higher. But there's a lot of positional players that should be. You know, top, you think in top maybe 30 ish. He probably shouldn't be up there, I don't think. But like 30 and below, 30 to 40 maybe. Yeah. I'd put him there. Because you think of so many position players that are really great. Yeah. I know then a few, uh, a few uh, Brewers fans were upset that the reigning National League MVP was eighth. They thought he should have been a little bit higher, but. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I think that's a fair ranking. There's uh, a lot I, of good. They, you got to think I, of the the AL and NL put together. There's a lot of good players. And pitching plus hitting. It it's not like uh, football where you're just giving out an MVP award. It's right. basically like there's Cy Young MVP and two different leagues. Yeah, I know sometimes Justin Verlander, Clayton Kershaw have been MVP, but for the most part, it's pitching awards, hitting awards, and there's right. two leagues. So eighth, but, I think, is. Yeah, but you have have Mike Trout, undeniable number one. But don't you think he belongs in that conversation with, like, the Moogie Betts and Arenado? Yeah, probably. Uh, I think he definitely belongs above Lindor. Yeah, that's one of the more surprising ones. Francisco Lindor was fourth. Um, Also, Alex Bregman was seventh, one spot ahead of him. I think you could probably argue that he could be above either of those guys, but... El Tuve is probably better. Scherzer is a great pitcher. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I mean, he jumped from 46 last year to, to 8, so yeah, I don't think so he should be too disappointed. And it's nice to see. feels like Kane got a reasonable amount of respect being in the top 30. Oh, yeah, yeah, so, definitely. So I'm okay with that. Aguilar, too, getting credit for his Do you know what I like to see? Stretch, yeah. Chris Bryant drops to 32 from 8. Yeah, talk about uh, National League MVPs. No no love for Javi Baez either. He's at 29. Rizzo Kind of surprising. Yeah, the... I'd like to see that. The Cubs might have a little bone to pick with this list. Well, how about you show up? <laughs> <laughs> but I thought it was interesting because uh, the NFL one seems to get a little more buzz when they do it. But the MLB one this year, I think they're trying to push to maybe get people excited about baseball. 
What about the Grandal, like Real Mutu? The fact that uh, Grandal is 96, Real Mutu's uh, 40. 40. Yeah. Real Mutu's the best catcher. I think so, yeah, with Posey Hurt. The fact that he hits for average, I think that there's just him a little bit. There's that just helps, so yeah. few catchers that hit. For Isn't Grandall like a career two fifty ish hitter? I think maybe even lower. Maybe lower yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, no good, good going Brewers. I guess to get ranked. I mean, that's pretty yeah. awesome. So it's nice to see. It's this 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 team is really exciting. I as it, we all talked about in our. In our three special episodes. It's, yeah, if you haven't listened to those, you have to go back and listen to yeah, those. Yeah, go back and listen. We kind of break down every position and try to give our, our thoughts on, on who should be with this team this next year. But 2019 is going to be exciting. The whole Central is just going to be a lot of fun. Every game is going to be a lot of fun, so I can't wait. Yeah, so the Brewers started up spring training against the Cubs on Saturday, and it was like the B squad of the Cubs, or the B squad of the Brewers, facing off the, the starting roster for the Cubs, it seemed. The Cubs fans didn't think that, though. Yeah, they, they want to rub that in their face. <laughs> oh, Bryant with a two-run homer. They had Bryant and Baez playing. I was excited. He did hit it, was, it off Chase, though, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah, because it was the first game, and then I looked at the Brewers lineup, and it was basically all guys that are either yeah. going to be on the bench or not yeah. make the roster. Right. But yeah. So a couple of, like, I think a couple of storylines that it was nice to see. Um, Corey Ray hit a home run. That was good to see. Yeah. My boy Saladino had, yeah, Saladino had two hits. Yeah, two for three. That was good to see. Spanishberg went hitless. He's on his way out of town. Kira, hitless. He's on his way <laughs> in the minors. Right. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot There's a lot of interesting things that happen during spring training. It's hard to follow these games because there's a lot of players that are, are not going to make the team. But, but yeah, it was it was nice to see Perez get, get on fire. Have seven RBIs. Yeah, and in game two against the Rangers today, he went absolutely crazy. Yeah, yeah, he's going to hopefully punch his ticket starting second baseman. But Moustakis, I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. Moustakis <laughs> did start at second. And he did. Perez started at third. Right. Yeah, it'll be interesting where, where how many games Perez plays because he's a really good talent. He can hit the ball and yeah. he can play defense. So it's you want him to almost play every day. Yeah, he's like the super utility man. Just put him, put him any spot, any day. Just get him playing time. Yeah, Corey Ray got another hit today, and it was good to see. Like Jesus went for two for two, and Arcia went two for two. So there goes your Brewers talk. Yeah, as exciting as spring training can get. There it is. So before we shove off for this episode, they may have around the horn. We want to talk about some things to read, watch, listen to, sports related or otherwise. So I'll lead it off. I don't have a sports one. I'll uh, try to get get a sports (laughs) one for next weekend. But um, uh, as the Oscars are tonight, this one wasn't up for an Oscar, which is kind of interesting. So this documentary is Won't You Be My Neighbor? It's an HBO documentary about Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. So it's mostly about about Fred Rogers and and who who he was as a man. It's a story of the minister, puppeteer, writer, producer, who was on our TVs for more than 30 years with uh, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. And uh, I think he had another program. I can't remember the light, the name of it. But told kind of the life and philosophy of Fred Rogers, how he loved teaching kids great values. He tried to change the way people thought. 
And uh, again, I kind of wanted to give a positive view for children on TV instead of the pies in the face, innuendos, and other quote-unquote garbage kids had to watch <laughs> available back then. They just would put anything on TV. So kids are influenced so much at a young age. So if they're raised right, they you know they could become great citizens in society. And I really watched Mr. Rogers a lot when I was a kid, and I, I think it that. made a difference in my life for sure. And and he would end each program telling the viewers of you've made this a day a special day just just being you there's no person in the world like you and i like you just the way you are which is pretty perfect because kids just need to realize that that you know just be you don't be somebody else don't be fake it it was a really solid uh documentary it was i totally recommend it it was it's definitely one i'll, I'll pick up aren't they making actually a uh a Hollywood movie about him isn't Tom Hanks, yeah. I believe, playing him. Oh, Tom Hanks. Yeah. America's 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 sweetheart. Sweetheart, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that's his nickname, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Because what was the what's the new follow up series? Because they I mean obviously they didn't replace him. They they took the tiger, right? Yeah, it's Daniel Tiger. It? Daniel Tiger. So basically, yeah. Well, I won't get into it too much, but Daniel Tiger was basically him and and he never appeared in his make-believe land, actually. Right. So that was actually his persona, right. was Daniel Tiger. So they, they continued that. Now so that's the way the they lived on. They made it, like everything else, they made an animated series. So the thing I wanted to recommend is, it's just a 20-minute YouTube video. It's on uh, TNT's uh, YouTube channel. They have a channel devoted to the NBA, and it's called Finding Giannis. And it's all Ooh. about uh, exactly how Giannis came to America, how he discovered playing basketball and how he came to America and just what his life was like growing up. And it's pretty interesting uh, just the things he had to go through, not only to make it to the NBA, but to stay here. Uh, one of the interesting things was uh, you only get three chances to get a uh, visa. Uh, his family was trying to get it when he became a player and they were denied twice. And he said, uh, he told his agent, if they're denied the third time and can't move here, I'm not going to play in the NBA anymore. So he was ready to pack up and move back to Greece. I never knew that. Yeah, I, I heard about that after this came out. But uh, yeah, it was an interesting look at him and his brothers and how they'd even do stuff like sleep in the gym in Greece because uh, they had such a long walk from their house to the gym and they'd practice twice a day. So they'd just stay there and sleep and Giannis was so lonely when he first got to America without his family. He would sometimes even just sleep in the gym. Yeah, yeah that was what I heard that he, like, when he first, I didn't hear the one where he was in Greece and they stayed, so that's interesting, but I, I did hear the, the story of when he first came here, he did stay in the Bucks facility multiple yeah. nights. Yeah, and uh, it's interesting though. That he, Giannis is such a likable and humble guy. Uh, it's kind of refreshing to see as an athlete, and he's very much all about his family and he's not at all this a guy with a big ego for being one of the superstars of the nba right. so uh yeah it's worth a watch and it really makes me just it, i hope Giannis is here forever yeah like, i definitely. love the guy i think this probably played into a little bit how he has been able to handle thrusting into the limelight he stays grounded by being so close to his family and things like that so he can doesn't get wrapped up in the Hollywood life that is like pro yeah. sports, especially in the NBA. His agent even kind of mentions that uh, Giannis isn't someone who really likes going out and doing much. He likes playing basketball and spending time with his family, and he doesn't really like doing much else. And 
Like, even the agents trying to sell him on the fact that his shoes getting launched is a big deal and you should come out and promote it. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> he's like, yeah, this is the kind of person he'd probably rather just, like, stay home or play basketball than go promote just it. Just go to Walgreens. <laughs> so, my thing to look into, watch, read, listen to is actually another podcast. So, don't mean to be sacrilegious here, but I found oh, it really no. interesting. Um the spot track podcast so they kind of go in depth a little bit about the financials and the numbers going into all the different leagues um they start up a podcast i think it's once a week but i found them to be quite interesting and, uh, and if you're any person who really likes the analytics part of it and the, especially the financials that go into some decisions and teams they do a pretty good job of going in depth and talking a lot more about it i'm a lot smarter for it because they actually do break down a lot of the salary cap ramifications so that's how i that's interesting. I didn't know they had a podcast, but that is the go-to website if you want to look up anything about player contracts or team payroll. So they talked. Yeah, yeah. So the last it's episode, they, yeah. So the last episode, they talked a little bit about the AB, like the Tony Brown decision, and how it's not in Pittsburgh's best interest to trade him at all. Mm-hmm. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But that's my recommendation uh, for you guys. Yeah, that's good stuff. I think I'll have to check that out too, as much as I use that website. So with that, guys good first episode back after the the triple play of brewer spring training good job by you good job by you now we just need spring weather i know right mike thank you for being you i like you the way you are won't you be my neighbor (laughs) stop it you're making me uncomfortable i don't (laughs) i don't handle compliments well (laughs) tell me i'm bad at podcasting you suck we'll see you next time goodbye everybody hashtag all hands on deck go fleet Thank you for listening to another episode of the Questionable to Return Sports Podcast. Send us your questions, read more about us, and more on our website, questionabletoreturn.com. Follow us on Twitter at Q2Return and Instagram at questionabletoreturn. You can also like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash questionabletoreturn. Follow each of the guys on Twitter. For Andy, at Andy, the number nine, M-A-N. Mike? at Mike R. Daly, and Pete at P. Cozy with a K, Junior, J.R. Please consider leaving us a five-star review as well as sharing us with someone you know.